Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Word of God for our special consideration this Sunday is our second lesson, Galatians 6, verses 1 to 10 and 14 to 16, as printed in your bulletins and already read. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there is a comedy sketch from the British duo Mitchell and Webb about an obnoxious guest at a party. When the host introduces him to two other people, he makes a point of identifying himself as a brain surgeon more than once, pointing out that just being a regular doctor isn't exactly brain surgery, is it? He then asks each of those other guests what they do for a living. One's an accountant, the other works for a charity. And while he begins his responses by saying something positive about each occupation, he still in the end brings his comments around to each time to, well, it isn't exactly brain surgery, is it? Those two people are saved from his arrogance and condescension by the arrival of another guest who had been working late at the Space Center. The surgeon is introduced to the new guest, who identifies himself as a scientist who works with rockets. He, in turn, asks the surgeon what he does for a living, and, of course, he is eager to answer, Well, I don't mean to boast, but I'm a brain surgeon. Brain surgery. The new guest pauses, takes a sip from his glass and says, Not exactly rocket science, is it? The sketch illustrates one of the practical problems with boasting. There's always the chance that someone else will come along and make a claim to be better, smarter, stronger, or whatever-er than you. It's never wise to build your self-image by bragging, because it can all fall apart when you get knocked down a peg or two by someone's greater boast, perhaps even by reality intruding, giving evidence that you're not quite as great as you say you are. Of course, we can also point out that boasting isn't polite or likely to win you friends, or influence people in the way that you want. But in our reading today from Galatians, the Apostle Paul wants us to understand that the biggest problem with pride and bragging is spiritual. This is because it not only places, places the boaster above everyone else, but also because it destroys the humility that is required to approach God and ask for and receive his forgiveness, and other gifts. Now, what makes addressing this particularly difficult is that hardly anyone ever considers him or herself to be proud or arrogant or boastful. Of course, it is easy to see such things in other people, particularly if they are making claims that interfere with our own claims of greatness. But, well, when, when we, in our thinking about ourselves or in speaking to others about ourselves, 
When we present ourselves as, as the best or smartest or strongest, most qualified or whatever, well, we're just telling it like it is, right? Or, actually, we're deceiving ourselves, as Paul put it, and trying to get others to accept the deception. But it is not just a lack of honesty or humility that makes boastfulness spiritually dangerous, that makes it sinful. It's the matter of what or who is and is not being served and where that leads. The Apostle warns us in verse 8 of our reading, The one who sows for his own sinful flesh will reap destruction from the sinful flesh. Boasting in ourselves is serving our sinful natures. It's the exact opposite of sowing for the Spirit and therefore leads to the exact opposite of reaping eternal life from the Spirit. It's sad to say that's not good. But it is what every sinner should expect if he or she is not in Christ. But those of us who are in Christ need to appreciate also that since we still have sinful natures, we still boast to please our flesh, and we still get caught up in sin as a result, sometimes deeply, because of it. In fact, if you think about it, there is a boast inherent in every sin that we commit. In choosing to do what we desire with our bodies, with our thoughts, with our time, with our resources, whatever, in choosing to do what we desire instead of what our Creator in His love and wisdom has done, laid out for us to do, we are saying, hey, I know better. I'm smarter, wiser, and more sophisticated than God. And lest we forget, God is not mocked. But that's not the only kind of, of foolish and faithless bragging that believers can fall into. Every form of self-righteousness is also a boast. Hey, these good works that I have done, and all the really nasty sins that I have avoided doing, this makes me great. We're saying that it doesn't matter what God might actually say about our worthiness or the ways that we have failed, because we, in our wisdom, have determined that we are good enough for his approval and a place in heaven. And then there are the boasts that simply make us feel good or give pleasure to our sinful flesh. There's the brash pride of declaring, I'm the best. There's the narcissistic assertion that there's no one who has ever done this thing as well as I have. Or, while we may be realistic enough to, to not consider ourselves the smartest in the world, we still speak and act as though we are the smartest in our families, in our friend groups, in our workplaces, or classrooms, or marriages. Perhaps the hardest boasts to unravel, but also often the ones most pleasing to our flesh, are the ones that are cloaked in virtue. I am a great person. 
Because I support the right political candidate and social causes. And if you don't believe me, just check my social media. Or I'm one of the best people around. Because I still think that manners are important. And I am strictly moral in the way that I live. I'm a nice person, unlike everyone else. Or even, you know, there are a lot of Christians and churches that, that just don't care much what the Bible teaches, but I do. And my right doctrine makes me better than the rest. Our boasts tend often to match our characters and traits more often than our actual achievements and abilities. If I'm rich, I claim that my wealth and success show my worthiness, allowing me to look down on the poor. If I'm poor, I claim that my poverty is a sign that I am virtuous and untainted by materialism, allowing myself to raise myself up to, over the rich. If I'm strong, I boast of my strength over the weak. If I'm weak, I boast of my good character over against that of the strong. Whatever our individual boasts may be, they make us feel good because they lift us up over others and contradict the testimony of our consciences and God's word that we are unworthy sinners, undeserving of praise. But when we please our sinful nature, we are not pleasing God. And that leads to a deserved destruction. It makes us worthy of death and hell. Which is why Paul wants all believers to boast only as he does. To boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because there is no way for any sinner to get out from under the guilt or escape the eternal consequences of his or her sin. Not by good works, not by sincere promises to do and be better, not by acts of devotion or words of worship to flatter the Lord and judge of all. We would be hopeless if God himself had not given us hope. If God had not given us his son. But that is what he did. In love, God determined from the very beginning that he would not allow the devil to win or sin to steal away our souls. And so he made a plan for our salvation. And that plan required the Son of God to take on human flesh like ours, to live under the law in our place and keep it perfectly. And then then to suffer the most unjust of consequences. Though he was not only perfectly innocent, but God himself, Jesus, was crucified as a criminal. He died for us. And with his death, wiped out our debt and satisfied his father's wrath against our sins. He did it completely and he did it for every sinner. And his resurrection from the dead means that now everyone who puts his or her faith in Christ and counts on what he has done for us is not only forgiven for every sin, including every sin of pride and boasting, but also has eternal life 
and a place in paradise at Jesus' side forever. That is what our Lord and Savior has done for us. In humility, we confess our sin and unworthiness, and in faith, we take hold of His grace, redemption, and righteousness, and the Holy Spirit makes it all our own. And this means now that as believers, we have a boast that we can make. We boast in the cross of Christ. What makes this boast different is that it does not arise from pride in one in oneself, but is pride from Christ that is for oneself. We can say, I am sinless and perfect, unlike what I was before, because of what Jesus did and did for me. Every other boast says, hey, look at me. But the believer's boast is, hey, look at Jesus. We have just observed the the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing on the moon. I was three years old when that happened, and I can say that I have no memory of it at all. But I can also tell you that when I was a few years older and could appreciate a little more of what that meant, it made me proud. Did I walk on the moon? No. Could I even claim that my taxes helped pay for that achievement? No. But still, I could boast that it was my heroes from my country with our expertise and determination that did what no one else had ever done and many doubted could be done. Our boasting in the cross of Christ is similar. We know we didn't do or contribute anything to our salvation. But we know that the one who did the incredible and unprecedented work no one else could do did it all for us so that we could have his victory over sin and death as our own. This boast greatly displeases our sinful flesh, which always wants to be number one, but it greatly pleases God our Father, who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth in Christ. With that salvation and knowledge, Everything changes about how we live and speak and think and act. Now we sow for the Spirit because we desire more than anything what is in line with our wise and loving Father's will. And we don't just seek to to be and to do good in service to God but we are eager to be and to do good to our neighbor. As Paul encourages us here, let us not become weary of doing good, because at the appointed time we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who belong to the household of faith. Because Christ lives in us and we live for Christ, we are polite and helpful to strangers as well as friends. We we even love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. We help the hungry find food and the homeless find shelter. 
We speak words of kindness and comfort to those in trouble or pain. We carry out our various vocations, jobs and school and family. We are eager to be God's hands of blessing to others. And we engage with our communities and even our country with the aim of making our world better for everyone, not just ourselves. And while we seek everyone's good, we especially want to do good for our fellow believers. So we serve our church and give to support its mission and and our missions. But we also look out for our individual brothers and sisters, not just to be nice to them, but even to intervene when we see them caught up in some trespass that puts their soul at risk. We bear each other's burdens, and in so doing, we show ourselves to be the Lord's disciples, living and loving as he did and doing just what he commanded us to do. It may seem kind of odd or even ironic to combine pride with humility, a humility that recognizes our own unworthiness and considers others better than ourselves. But this, this is where and how we can be proud as Christians. It is not about what we do, but about what Jesus has done for us and what God does in and through us. What matters is that we are new creations in Christ. The believer's joyous boast and only boast is in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please rise. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen.